The gospel is the good news of salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ, but it is only good news to those who hear it. Every believer is to go with the gospel. Today, we study with Scott Pauley what God's Word teaches about becoming a more effective witness for Christ. Did you ever imagine that you could actually be the answer to someone's prayer? In Acts chapter 10, a man by the name of Cornelius was seeking God. He was searching for truth, and at the same time, a Christian by the name of Peter on a housetop, uh, many miles from where Cornelius was, was praying, and he was communing with God. Here's the beautiful, here's the beautiful truth. God worked on both ends. As a matter of fact, God spoke to Cornelius and said to him, Your prayer is heard and uh, your alms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. He said, Send to Joppa, call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter. He's lodged in the house of one Simon a tanner by the seaside, who when he cometh shall speak unto thee. He says, You want to hear the gospel? I'm going to send you the gospel. On the other end, at the same time, God was speaking to Simon Peter and getting him ready to go with the gospel. I love this. God is working on both ends. It was in prayer that God was preparing Cornelius to receive the message of Jesus Christ. And it was in prayer that God prepared Peter to give it. Divine appointments and divine answers come through prayer. I want to say to you today that somewhere at this moment, I don't know who, I don't know where, but somewhere there's a Cornelius praying for light. Somewhere there's somebody who's searching for the truth. And we ought to be on this end asking the Lord, Lord, Answer that prayer in my life. Lord, help me be part of the answer. I'm trying to help you see that witnessing and praying are always connected. We've been talking for weeks now about going with the gospel, going with the gospel. But we're ending now with this emphasis about prayer because I think until we pray, we really don't see God like we ought to see God. We don't see others like we ought to see others, and we don't see ourselves like we ought to see ourselves. Throughout scriptures, one mark of those who were used to make a great difference was their willingness to pray fervently for others. For example, in Genesis 18, Abraham prayed over Sodom. Do you remember that? And he prayed, Lord, if there's only so many righteous souls, will you spare the city? Remember, he kept going down in his number, going down, going down. But to the very end, what was he doing? He was interceding. He was praying for Sodom. You know what's sad? No one inside Sodom was praying for Sodom. Lot should have been, but he wasn't. I, I wonder sometimes when we fuss about our own world and, and the Sodom and Gomorrah around us, I wonder if we're really praying. It's easy to fuss at the darkness and not weep over it. Or what about Moses? Moses in Exodus 32, 32 prayed for Israel to, to be spared. In fact, I wish you'd look up Exodus 32, 32 when you have an opportunity and look at it because there's a dash there. He doesn't even finish his sentence. It's a broken sentence and the Holy Spirit puts that in the Bible. Why is that? It reveals the broken heart of Moses, or should we say the broken heart of God, over those who've rejected the truth. When was the last time you wept over a soul? When was the last time you prayed with tears for someone to be saved? You know, we wonder why we're not seeing more people saved, but remember the promise, He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing their sheaves with them. Uh, we, we're talking about going, and we should go. And we know the seed we have is precious and powerful. It's the Word of God. It's the gospel. But 
Where are the weepers? Where are those who are going forth with tears? And then we come full circle back to where we started in Romans chapter 10, verse 1, where the Apostle Paul says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. And what is Paul doing? He's praying with brokenness for the salvation of those he loved. Do you see this pattern all through Scripture? And then what's the supreme example? Well, the supreme example of such praying is the ministry of Jesus Himself. You remember in Isaiah 53 verse 12, the Bible says, He made intercession for the transgressors. Can you hear Him? Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He died praying. He, he died on the cross praying for those who crucified Him. On his way to Calvary, he prayed for the world to believe in John 17. And then hanging on the cross, he prays for all of us. I wonder today, would you join the Lord Jesus in his prayer? It's not just Moses' prayer or Abraham's prayer or Paul's prayer. No, it's Jesus' prayer. What is it? That they might be saved. When we started this particular part of our study, I challenged you to begin a prayer list of people that you know who need to be saved. I wonder, have you started your list? Have you been praying? Have you been adding to it? Begin to pray every day for their salvation. Ask somebody else to be your prayer partner in this. Uh, that'll help you with accountability and also agreement in prayer. Let's pray together for souls to be saved. In fact, if you'd send me a message, you can find uh, all of our contact information on our website. If you'll send me a message, I'd love to hear from you. Just send me a name and say, help me pray for this person to be saved. I'd love to join you in that prayer. You might want to write a letter or make a visit to someone that you're seeking to win to Christ. Tell them that you love them. Tell them you've been praying for them. Use that as an open door for the gospel. Uh, put, put feet on your prayers. But begin by praying for the salvation of souls. George Mueller was an evangelist who was greatly used of God in the 1800s. His orphanages were famous because... They were operated solely on faith, and they were the means of hundreds of boys and girls coming to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. We've read a lot about Mueller's public ministry and the thousands of lives that he touched, but what many people do not know is that soon after George Mueller was saved, he started praying for five of his closest friends to come to Christ. After 18 months, the first of his friends was born again. That's great, isn't it? After five years, the second one got saved. After six years, the third one came to know the Lord. And someone would say, well, so far so good. It's working. And then nothing. No visible evidence that God was at work. No sense that the last two friends were even close to being saved. In fact, they seemed totally to reject the truth of the gospel and were blasphemous about it. And still, Mueller continued to pray. He wrote in his private journal these words one day, praying day by day for nearly 36 years for the conversion of these individuals, and yet they remain unconverted. But I hope in God, I pray on, and look for the answer. They are not converted yet, Mueller wrote, but they will be. Oh, I love that. Do you love the fact that for 36 years he's still praying? Do you love the fact that even though they're not yet converted, He's hopeful, he's prayerful, and he's expectant. He's actually believing that God's going to save them. In 1897, after 52 years of daily prayer, and, get this, after the death of George Mueller, the last two boyhood friends that he'd prayed for were gloriously saved. I want to say to you today, you may not see all the answers immediately, 
but you may meet them at the feet of Jesus someday. Who's the person you've been praying for? Who's the person you should be praying for? You're, you're about to give up on the fact they're ever going to be saved. Oh, my friend. In the words of Mueller, hope in God. Pray on and look for the answer. They may not be converted yet, but by the grace of God and your prayers and faithful witness, they will be. I want to challenge you to keep praying, keep believing, and keep going with the gospel. I'm praying personally that even from this series of studies, we will meet a great host of people at the nail-pierced feet of Jesus in heaven someday. And around the throne of God, we'll all rejoice together that somehow God used us to carry the gospel, that somehow many more heard the message of Jesus and were gloriously saved. I don't know about you, but I want to get in on that. I want to be a part of the greatest work in the world, and I can be today, by going with the gospel, praying for God to use me. I'm praying that for you, and I hope you'll join us in this wonderful work of carrying the message of Jesus to a lost and dying world. Thank you for listening to Enjoying the Journey. Would you like to learn more about how to witness for Christ or perhaps teach these lessons to others? You may order this series in a special Go Kit complete with teacher helps, duplicable student guides, and additional training resources. Simply go to scottpauley.org for more information. We would love to hear from you and help you in any way possible. May God use all of us to go with the gospel today.